When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Mother's Day is just around the corner, and it's time to pamper the special moms in your life. In what better way than with Osea's limited edition skincare sets, featuring clean, vegan, cruelty-free products that are safe for your skin and the planet. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been making seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. This Mother's Day, Osea has two limited edition sets, perfect for gifting or keeping for yourself. Their Golden Glow Body Set includes three clinically proven bestsellers for silky, smooth, glowing skin, while the Glow and Go Facial Set has everything she needs to achieve spa-level results at home. They're so beautiful, you can skip the wrapping. For a limited time, you can save up to $48 on Osea's sets, plus get free shipping. That's Mother's Day made easy. Pamper the moms in your life and get 10% off your first order site-wide with code MOM at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code MOM. Farm Talk with John O'Connor with Dairy Gold Heifer Rearer Cube, a trusted partner to help your replacement heifers reach their target weights and meet their full potential. Welcome to this week's Farm Talk. I'm Perry O'Mahony. On the programme, we continue our weekly look at the world of agriculture and food. The Beef Task Force met for the first time in over six months this week. The Minister set out his stall ahead of the talks. We look at a number of deadlines which are again looming in relation to significant schemes of interest to farmers. The Agricultural Amendments Bill has been in the Shannon this week. We hear how the issue of forestry licences is progressing. Dairy Gold announced the winners of its annual Milk Quality Awards. We hear about the Dry Cow Mineral Programme as farmers gear up for the winter months. And our Targusk Advisory this week looks at autumn grassland management and some tips for grazing this time of the year. And as always, Farm Talk's John O'Connor looks at other stories making the agri-news this week. Farm Talk on C103. The Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnell, opened the fourth meeting of the Beef Task Force held by video conference. It was established on foot of the agreement of the 15th of September 2019 and charged with monitoring the implementation of the actions under the agreement. Minister McConnell said prior to the task force meeting that he hopes progress is made in the beef price dispute and that all sides can continue to resolve their differences. He said he was also committed to setting up a food ombudsman to address price issues in the sector. This is the first meeting since I became minister. All of the farming organisations will be represented today, along with my own department and also with Board Bia, under the chairmanship of Michael Darling. And I'm hoping for a constructive discussion uh, on some of the key issues and that there will be progress made in relation to working together 
over the time ahead in relation to further promoting Irish beef, which is more important now than ever, given the challenges we see with regard to COVID and also the challenge with regard to Brexit. The key objective behind the National Food Ombudsman will be to shine a light in terms of um, margins within the food supply chain so that there can be an assurance there that farmers are getting the best and are being delivered the best price possible, given what the what prices are available in the international markets which we export into. And I've already taken steps now, working with my own department, to uh, scope out how this office can be set up. But farmers are getting less money for their cattle now than they were before last year's protest. That's according to leading expert Michael Wallace, a professor of agriculture and food economics in UCD. It's actually at the start of the year things looked uh, moderately positive for beef prices. Then we had the COVID-19 lockdown, uh, which really disrupted the supply chain. Um, Prices fell off a cliff, then recovered actually very sharply in in the summer period when the restrictions relaxed and it actually looked we were heading in the right direction and then things have now started to soften again. ICSA is calling on the Minister for Agriculture to deliver clarity on the sheep welfare scheme. Sheep Chair Sean McNamara says preparations are already underway for next year's lambing season and there's been no word if the scheme is to be rolled over into next year. Sheep farmers are no wiser as to whether or not to include tasks relevant to the scheme in their preparations and this must be addressed. With margins so tight and no Brexit or COVID-related aid forthcoming for the sector, sheep farmers finding it tougher than ever now. As a means of supporting sheep farmers, ICSA has sought a substantial top-up payment on the scheme this year. The call for a more long-term substantial package also been renewed to include a €30 Euro per head sheep payment in the next round of CAP. IFA, meanwhile, called for a rollover of the sheep welfare scheme due to conclude in December. It says the scheme has been positive and effective, Sheep are significant contributors to environmental preservation, particularly in hill and mountainous areas. IFA National Sheep Chair Sean Dennehy said they met with department officials to discuss its proposal and a targeted payment of €30 Euro per yo was emphasised as needed through a combination of cap transition and national funding. Other issues included Brexit, the collapse of the wool price and establishing a potential working group for the sector. IFA Farm Business Chair Rosemary McDonough has called on the government to seek an extension of the EU temporary aid framework to enable the COVID-19 credit guarantee scheme to be extended beyond the end of the year. The effects of the pandemic show no sign of letting up and the risk of an ordeal Brexit look increasingly likely. Last year, €4.4 billion of 33% of Irish agri-food exports went to Britain. A hard crash out by the UK from the EU will have a devastating impact on Irish farmers and the necessary supports are needed from government to cover these losses. An expanded CCGS beyond the end of the year should be an element of the much-needed safety net, according to the IFA Farm Business Chair. The Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConluke, TD, has met with representatives of the Irish fishing industry to reconfirm the government's commitment to a fisheries agreement with the United Kingdom which will protect Ireland's fishing industry. Industry representatives attended from the four fishermen's producer organisations and they are the Killybegs Fishermen's Producer Organisation, the Irish South and East Fish Producer Organisation, the Irish South and West Fish Producers Organisation, as well as the Irish Fish Producers Organisation. The Irish Fish Processors and Exporters Association and the National Inshore Fishermen's Forum also attended the meeting with the Minister. 
fishing industry representatives and explained the very serious implications for the Irish fishing industry and our coastal communities of no fisheries agreement with the UK or any fisheries agreement which will grant the UK's demand for a greater share of fish stocks and restrict access to UK fishing grounds. Minister McConnell listened carefully to the concerns expressed by industry representatives and repeated Ireland's position that he would continue to press for a fisheries agreement with the UK which protects the mandate and upholds both existing quota shares and existing reciprocal access to UK waters. He also re-acknowledged the importance of any fisheries agreement maintaining the link to any future trade agreement. Minister McConlug especially welcomed the strong message from the Irish fishing industry that unity and cooperation amongst the domestic fishing industry, the member states and the European institutions would be key at this critical juncture. Minister McConlug also listened to industry concerns regarding the statutory instrument on points for the serious infringement of the common fisheries policy. The Minister explained Ireland's position and noted the commitment of all to effective controls to protect the valuable fishing resources in Ireland's 200-mile zone and the need for the country to meet its EU obligations in the area. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. And still with fisheries after the unanimous agreement of membership at the AGM of the Irish South and West Fish Producers Organisation, which was held in Bantry, it was decided to challenge the constitutionality of the Penalty Point System Regulations 2020. The organisation says the system of administrative sanctions is completely alien to the Irish system of constitutional and common law. IFA is reminding farmers application for the COVID-19 payment break will close on Wednesday next, September 30th. Payment breaks provide crucial breathing space for those negatively impacted by COVID. If your cash flows drop temporarily as a result of the pandemic, or you expect it will, and you believe you'll be unable to make your loan repayments, then you should seek a payment break, according to Farm Business Chair Rosemary McDonough. A payment break means you pay no interest or capital on your loan during the period of the break. In early March, lenders announced a payment break of up to three months for those with personal loans and mortgages. At the end of April, this was extended by another three months up until September 30th. There will be no impact on the credit rating of borrowers who avail of a payment break as a result of being financially affected by the pandemic. Farmers should contact their lender directly as early as possible to allow the lender sufficient time to process their application before the end of the month. Farm Talk on C103. Cork farmers are being reminded of the September 30th deadline for the CAF investment scheme. Approximately 700 claims for payments have been submitted out of a total of 2,400 applications. Dennis Drennan is ICMSA's Chair of the Farm and Rural Affairs Committee and I put it to him that it's important farmers act now to avail of the scheme if they haven't sent in their claim yet. Yeah, Barry, it's a very welcome scheme that was announced by the Minister for Agriculture. It seems like a lifetime ago now and I don't know how many ministers ago but a um, very welcome scheme that was announced last year. Uh, for you know infrastructure and, and handling and, and feeding equipment for calves, and just to make people aware that the deadline for submitting your receipts and, and whatever other documentation is needed is fast approaching the 30th of September. And the department have made, have made us aware that there's a, a huge number of um, applicants that still haven't claimed their money yet. So we're just uh, putting out a quick word, reminder to farmers that just you know do whatever paperwork and submit whatever receipts are needed to claim your money. As, you know it's a fantastic scheme. It'd be shame to see people lose now just for the sake of, of submitting the paperwork. No, it's been a difficult year, Dennis, with COVID and everything, and I suppose people have reason to be worrying and uh, placing the emphasis elsewhere, but 
work like this has to be done as well. Well, about 2,400 farmers applied for, for, for funding on the, under the scheme. Like, And so far, I think we're somewhere between seven and 800 have lodged their, their um, application to, to draw down the funds. So that's why we're urging people. Look, there's a lot of things going on at the moment. And, uh, you know, it's been a tough year, we'll say, both on-farm and off-farm. And people have been isolated and people haven't been able to conduct their business like they normally would. And it's put a lot of pressure in both financially, mentally, physically on people. So, you know, a lot of things can slip through the hoops, through the cracks, through the, the way things are going. So we're just a gentle reminder to people, look, at the party is not very far away. Uh, you know, do whatever you can to get the paperwork in and don't let this money go uh, on collectors because, um, you know, it's a fantastic scheme. It's badly needed to make sure that we look after our cabin as best as we can. And hopefully the scheme will be reopened for, for the coming spring. And you'd be aware there are a lot of deadlines around this time, Dennis. Is there a possibility that there might be an extension on this? Well, look, it's been a tough year on, on as I said, on-farm and off-farm, and people have had a, a lot of other things on their mind and trying to keep themselves and their families and their neighbours safe. So there has been a lot going on. So look, an extension would be welcome, but at the same time, we can't depend on one. So we're just urging any farmer who has applied to get his relevant paperwork in place and... Uh, you know, claim his money. And you probably like to see the CAF investment scheme reopened then again immediately, more or less, would you? Absolutely. We'd be calling on the Minister uh, to, to open it straight away and give people plenty of time to, to invest in whatever housing or feeding facilities they need for their calves. You know, it's, it's a very, very, very worthy uh, investment scheme. And, you know, it's small money in comparison to a lot of things that are happening, but uh, it's, it's a huge help for farmers who are expanding or indeed existing farmers would say who, who want to look after the cash in, in, in a better of a way. Dennis Trennan, ICMSA's Chair of the Farm and Rural Affairs Committee. That scheme closes there on September 30th. ICSA President Edmund Phelan says the potential fallout from Brexit must be top of the agenda for the Beef Task Force. The association wants the task force to focus in depth on Brexit risks. It's the biggest threat to the future of the sector and must be treated as urgent. The risk of tariffs being imposed on Irish beef exports to the UK from January onwards is very real. ICSA urging the Minister Charlie McConnell to demand individual processors appear before the task force. They say they can no longer be allowed to hide behind Meat Industry Ireland and need to be at the table engaging with primary producers in an open manner. IFA Grain Chair Mark Brown says tillage farmers have endured a torrid season, a wet autumn winter followed by drought conditions in late spring, culminating in a very difficult harvest. Preliminary estimates by the IFA indicate at current spot grain and straw prices, the overall farm gate value of the Irish tillage sector could drop by at least 15% compared with last year. Pockets of spring crops are still to be finished along with the bean crops. According to Tagus, tillage farm incomes dropped by 15% in 2019 compared with the previous year. IFA calling on the government to support tillage farmers and any reduction for their sector under the next cap will decimate it. Mark Brown said he's looking forward to a meeting with the minister to discuss the issues. Cork farmers highlighted anger at the recently issued Department of Agriculture TB herd risk letters. In a protest, a delegation led by IFA representatives in Cork burned letters outside the Department of Agriculture offices in Clonakilty. Representatives set out IFA demands for a TB programme that tackles the real drivers of TB and reduces the cost burden of controls on farmers and families. Local department officials in Cork were asked to make the views of Cork farmers known to senior policy makers in advance of any reconvened TB talks, which the Minister said will start shortly. IFA Cork Central's John Kingston had a strong message. IFA are here to send a clear message to senior department officials. In Ag House, Kildare Street. These TB hard assessment letters 
were issued without any consultation. They are going to lead to damaging consequences for farmers. And the disconnect between departments of senior officials and the farming industry cannot continue. ICMSA pointed out this week there's a difference of up to €1,000 in the August milk check for an 80-cow herd between top-paying co-ops and others. Chair of the Association's Dairy Committee, Jared Quain, said he wasn't sure everyone appreciated the kind of difference that existed between the top- and bottom-paying co-ops and how it translated into what's been described as serious money. The rule of thumb the representative body worked off is that every one centilitre works out to approximately €400 per month for a standard 80-cow herd supplying 400,000 litres. From that point of view, then, the difference between those co-ops paying 30 centilitre for August milk and the top-paying co-ops is coming out at around €800 for their August cheque. Co-ops paying around 30.5 centilitre see the difference between them and the top-paying co-ops at an enormous €1,000 for just August milk, said Mr Quain. Accepting across-the-board comparison might be too crude and ignores certain annualised factors. The ICMSA Dairy Committee chair was still adamant any way you want to measure it. There was still a massive gap between the milk price paid to farmers supplying different co-ops that simply could not be explained away. Well, the winners of the Dairy Gold Annual Milk Quality Awards have been announced this week. And there's been good news for Cork in the awards. And John O'Connor joins me to tell us more. That's right, Barry. Dairy Gold Milk Suppliers, Dennis Nora and Michael Lorden of Newcestown, Banton, County Cork, were declared the overall winners of the 2019 Dairy Gold Milk Quality Awards. Also winners in the Mid-Cork region for consistently supplying best quality milk to Dairy Gold in 2019. While adhering to COVID-19 protocols and guidelines, the judge paid a visit to all six shortlisted farms to review their farm enterprises firsthand. The review took account of milk quality, dairy facilities, herd health and welfare, plus sustainability and general efficiencies and farm health and safety. Now, dairy farmers are constantly being recommended to implement low emission slurry spreading, soil testing, milk recording and selective dry cow therapy. I understand the Lord and Enterprise ticked all the boxes in terms of sustainability. That's correct, Barry. Sustainability is a key consideration for the Lordans, and that was clearly evident through those practices you refer to, i.e. low emission slurry spreading, soil testing, milk recording and selective dry cow therapy. And John, the background to Lorden's enterprise, the system of farming, the number of family members participating? Nora and Michael formed a family partnership a number of years ago, with all three family members working very well together to milk 95 cows on a milking platform of 33 hectares. Michael has experience working on dairy farms in New Zealand, having completed his two-year course in Dirara Agricultural College. The Lordans also rear replacements and some beef animals on an outside block of land. So what was the deciding factor for the judge? Well, the judge declared that while all three finalists in the region had demonstrated exceptional quality, the Lorden family farm was an excellent example of what attention to detail and excellent milk and wash routines can achieve. The judge praised the Lordans for their successful working relationship and focus on sustainability throughout the farm. And John, the Dairy Gold chairman, John O'Gorman, spoke about the awards. Yes, indeed. Mr John O'Gorman, Dairy Gold chairman, said success of Dairy Gold products across the world depended on our excellent quality of milk. 
These awards gave us an opportunity to recognise the hard work and effort of all our milk suppliers in Dairy Gold in helping us maintain the excellent standards expected of us while also recognising efforts made to ensure the sustainability of our industry. The Lordans, he said, had shown that if we work together, we can achieve fantastic results. And I understand the Dairy Gold Chief Executive, Jim Wolfe, referred to some impressive stats about the co-op's milk intake and its processing volume across 2019. Dairy Gold CEO Mr Jim Wolfe said it was a testament to the hard work of our suppliers that we were on track to reach 1.425 billion litres of milk, an increase of more than 35 million litres on 2019, even with the considerable challenges the year had presented. The average quality of our milk supply also improved, which highlights the ethos of continuous improvement across our milk supply base. Mr Wolfe said, in recognition of the efforts to continuously improve milk quality, Dairy Goat had paid out some 5.5 million euro over the year in quality bonus payments. And John, how many suppliers took part in this competition? The awards were based on 2019 quality data for all 2,700 dairy gold milk suppliers across counties Cork, Tipperary, Limerick and Clare. A shortlist had been drawn up of the three suppliers from each of the dairy gold regions. These 18 finalists underwent adjudication by Mr Don Crowley, Chagask Dairy Specialist. So congratulations to the Lorden family, Dennis, Nora and Michael of Newcestown, Bandon, winners of the 2019 Dairy Gold Annual Milk Quality Awards 2019. Yes, indeed, Barry, and recognition too, of course, of the tremendous efforts of the finalists from the Mid-Cork region, as well as the East Cork region, Mallow region and Mitchellstown. Not forgetting, of course, Dairy Gold suppliers in counties Tipperary, Limerick and Clare, who also took part. Farm Talk on C103. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. 
We continue this week's Farm Talk with our weekly Tagusk advisory. Kira O'Shea is a B&T dairy advisor in McCroom and we're discussing the grazing season. It begins in the autumn with grassland management and it's a crucial time to assure a good supply of grass come the spring. So Kira, when should farmers start thinking of starting the last rotation? The grazing uh, season countdown begins now in October for the new grazing year ahead. Therefore, it's vital to ensure that you have a grazing plan put in place. Many farmers need to remember that what they do now in terms of the grazing management on their farm will influence the supply of grass that you'll have um, on your farm for next spring. So in relation to starting of closing off paddocks, the start of the last rotation, there needs to be a plan put in place. So farmers should be considering to start the last rotation beginning in early October, between the 5th to the 10th of October for most farms. This date, of course, will vary for each farmer due to grass growth on their farm. The soil type and the stocking rate on the farm will need to all be considered. So for farmers that would have a heavier land type, they would need to be considering closing up earlier in the last few days of September. Also, um, a key note is that farmers should identify four to five products to close in late October to have for a rainy day next spring. These paddocks should ideally be um, the drier paddocks on the farm, a square paddock in shape if possible, have a roadway on two sides of the paddock to have lots of access and exit points in, in and out of the paddock and to have good access to water, and to have a medium cover of grass in them. So for anyone that's grass measuring, that would be around the 800 to 1,000 kg dry matter per hectare for next spring. And the current grassland conditions then, Kira, on the farms, any tips for building or holding average farm cover if you find yourself behind? Yeah, so according to Pasture Base Ireland, uh, there's a lot of farmers behind their autumn grassland targets. So the key step is to use the autumn budget uh, planner and talk to your advisor who will also help you get back on track. So for farmers to reach the 1st of October targets for autumn grassland management, we need, um, we will need, uh, we will require a big reduction in demand. This being a 20 kg dry matter below the growth based on pasture-based figures issued this week. This would mean dropping demand based on the grass growth uh, predictions. So to give farmers out there some options that might suit them, um, so if you're a lower stock farm that um, they might have a better chance and may supplement with 2-3 kg dry matter livestock per day to reach their targets for a higher stocked uh, farm. They should try and hold their average farm cover until closing by matching the growth with the demand. So, for example, we'll take a stocking rate of three and a half livestock units per hectare and a demand of 53 kgs per hectare and a growth of 45 kgs per hectare. The deficit can be filled with um, about two kgs trimester per livestock unit per day there. And then... um, it's important to ensure that 
a minimum of a 35 day rotation length so is kept so that um for example if you have a 70 acre uh grazing platform that you'd be grazing two acres per day to maintain this rotation you may need to increase supplement and and or you may need to remove some stock from the grazing platform so any other tips then this week which could help farmers with the grazing week ahead sorry there are some tips for the next while is to use any dry weather conditions that we'll have to graze the heaviest covers, the wet, wetter paddocks and paddocks poorly grazed out in the last rotation. And another tip would be to use the strip wire and allocate uh, 12-hour grazing blocks to help graze down to the target of 4 centimetres. Use a back fence and different axis and exit points um, in the paddock and for roadways if conditions deteriorate. Um, another key important thing is to get out to the paddocks and walk the farm. Don't make any of your grazing decisions um, and ground condition decisions in the farmyard. Anyone that is grass measuring, set up a grass budget on pasture base. It'll help you plan better. Complete an autumn rotation planner, also known as the 60-40 planner. Monitor your farm average um average farm cover growth and demand on your farm and also talk to your advisor if you need any help there as well and you say complete an autumn rotation planner so can you explain how this helps farmers and indeed how it works yes yeah, so um to answer your question there that the, the that farmers should create a 60-40 autumn planner um well this will help extend um grazings on farm and put a plan in place how does it work? It works that you graze 60% of your farm by the 1st of November. giving It'll give you a target of a grazing area uh, per day and per week. This will be the then closed for the spring grass next year. The remaining 40% of the farm to be grazed will be grazed during November. And for heavier farms, and higher stocked farms, uh, they should aim to have 70 to 75% of the farm closed by the 1st of November. And farmers that would have available slurry in these yards, what's the best practice that they should do with this? Yeah, so there are some farmers out there that have some slurry in the tank still, and um, I suppose if they're after taking some surplus bales or third cut silage, get the slurry out onto this ground. As Every bale made removes nitrogen, phosphorus, and particularly potash from the soil. Every bale, every every five bales per acre removes about 25 units of uh, potash per acre. So this needs to be replaced. The slurry adds back in a lot of P uh, with phosphorus and K potash to, to that ground, and that has been taken out as silage it's good to replace it so also farmers should also look at a low emission slurry spreading system uh, with applying the slurry and also not to forget that the closing date for spreading slurry is the 15th of October and that of course is the derogation issue we've been hearing a lot about it recently it's near approaching this is to do with exporting slurry form for farmers that are in derogation and that are going to be over the 250 kgs nitrogen per hectare they'll need to complete um, what's known as a record 
3 form, alternatively known as the export glory form. So there are a lot of farmers that will need to complete this form for export and slurry and this will need to be done by the 31st of October if you are in derogation. So it's important to talk to your advisor early in time about this. For all other farmers exporting slurry to become under the 170 kgs of nitrogen per hectare, the deadline remains the 31st of December. So I suppose, Barry, there to just give those dates again to your listeners is that for derogation farmers, it is the 31st of October and um, for all other farmers, it's the 31st of December to complete the export site. And Kira, you also have a reminder for beef farmers about the BDGP scheme. What do they need to know now? So for the BDGP scheme, they should complete their carbon navigator. So this needs to be completed by the end of September, which is fast approaching on, upon us. Um, it can be completed online through their ICBF website or by post. So contact your advisor if you need any assistance on this. Kira O'Shea, B&T Dairy Advisor with Chagask in McCroom. An update on Chagask podcasts which are now available. Chagask produce a series of regular podcasts designed to enlighten and inform listeners on the latest information, insights and opinions to improve their farm enterprise performance. First of all, The Dairy Edge, presented by Emma Louise Coffey, The Dairy Edge weekly podcast covers the latest information to improve your dairy farm performance. Beef, The Beef Edge, presented by Catherine Egan. The Beef Edge weekly podcast provides information and advice to improve your beef farm performance. The Sheep Sector, presented by Kieran Lynch. OviCast, Sheep Sector weekly podcast, brings you the latest information, insights and advice, plus technical updates for the sheep industry. The Tillage Sector, presented by Michael Hennessy. The Tillage Edge podcast provides insights and opinions to improve your tillage farm performance. The Pig Edge Pig Sector, presented by Amy Quinn. The Pig Edge podcast covers the latest research and advice to improve your pig farm enterprise. Finally, turning to the research field, presented by Sean Duke, science journalist with the Chagask organisation, the research field podcasts will get out and about and talk to researchers in their various fields. Listeners may subscribe on iPhone, Android or Spotify. For further information on any of the podcasts mentioned, please visit www.chagask.ie forward slash podcasts, all lowercase. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. We continue this week's Farm Talk with news the Agriculture Appeals Amendment Bill 2020 has gone through the Shannad. The bill seeks to strengthen the appeals process, enabling a fair and timely process that will benefit the sector. Currently, there's a backlog of appeals which has slowed the timber industry almost to a standstill. Senator Tim Lumbert has been telling me how the bill gone through the Shannon this week will help revitalise the industry. So with the appeal, with that actual process being concluded in the Shannon this week, it now goes to Dáil to be approved. Hopefully by the end of next week we'll have this appeals process approved by Dáil Aaron, signed by the President. And the knock-on effect is it's going to free up the actual licensing issue that we have, which has dogged the actual timber industry for the last 24 months. At the moment we've over 500 licences held up in an appeals process which is equivalent to a million cubic square metres of forestry. That has to be freed up, so places like Ranger Sawmill down in Skeen can actually operate. 
I met Grangers during the week and unfortunately they were going through a four-day week from the 1st of October onwards because of the lack of products going through the actual plant. They can't get the actual timber itself and that is a, a real dilemma for us at the moment. We have a great timber industry, we have a great weather to grow forestry, but we can't get licences through the appeals um, of the, the appeals committee and because of that there's been a group, the actual industries after grinding to a halt. You were saying, Tim, that there's even imports from Scotland to try and keep this industry alive at the minute. Yeah, so in the next um, three or four months, you're going to have shipments of forestry coming out from Scotland to the port and passage, mainly going to Grangers to keep actual Grangers in actual uh, forestry itself or product. And like when you have the actual climate, the land, and actually the licenses trying to be approved where we have over a million cubic square metres of forestry to be cut, it's a crying shame that we now have to import products. And like, there's a major shortage of, of timber actually at wholesale level at the moment. If you were to go look for a 6 by 3 lint of timber, you would not get one in West Cork or even Cork or Munster today. So shed building that can affect it, pallets and making it pallets. And even the building of timber-framed houses has now been impacted by the lack of products coming through the actual plants itself. So this is a real crisis. I think the legislation that's going to be hopefully passed by the doll will ensure that we're going to have a scenario that actual appeals process will be streamlined. They can do more applications uh, in tandem with each other and we can hopefully free up the million cubic square metres that are tied up at the moment in the appeal process. And the IFA, Tim, would say that the forestry appeal system needs to be fit for purpose. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Like We have a huge issue here at the moment where... 100% 100% of all licences are being appealed. That's unsustainable going forward. One of the key pieces of legislation we brought in is we put a fee now on, on the actual, um, on the appeal. Previously, you had to pay no fee and you could just appeal it and it was a cost to no one, only the poor man who was trying to cut his forestry. Now, we put a, a fee on that, which will be set by the minister, which in turn will hopefully act as a deterrent to people who are continuously objecting to this uh, selling of forestry. We have one objector in particular who has uh, 58% of all the applications in Ireland that he's objecting to. Because of that serial objector, the actual industry itself has just grown to a halt. Forestry Ireland, in an interview with me recently, are trying to encourage people to get into forestry on their land again. Is there some daylight out there for them if it's coming to a close and we're seeing a system put in place that's fair and that's workable into the future? Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest issues at the moment. At the moment, the confidence has totally drained out of the sector. Um, you would have no confidence in the sector if you couldn't get a felling license to cut your actual product. And hopefully with this new amendment we brought through through the, um, the appeals, um, agricultural appeals 2020, which we passed, so hopefully will be passed in the next few days, that will give confidence back into the sector. And that's something that we need. We need to obviously see ourselves growing more trees. We're all in favour of the climate action plan that was published last year that sees Ireland as a nation really having a real policy in producing and growing more trees. But at the moment, we've seen planting reduced to only a third of where it was in the last three years. A major reduction in planting has, will have a negative effect on our climate action plan but also have a huge effect on our actual on our timber industry going forward. Senator Tim Lombard. Susan Casey is Area Sales Manager with Dairy Gold, and this week we're discussing the Dry Cow Mineral Programme. 
Farmers are gearing up for the winter months. So, Susan, what are farmers taking a look at at this time of the year? It's starting to quiet down now for farmers, but there is still a few kind of key things they should be looking at. Um, at the moment, your, your grasses for being number one. They need to start extending out that rotation, so you're kind of aiming out kind of 35, 40 days is what they, they should be looking at. So it might mean bringing in a bit of silage or increasing the concentrate um, just to try and stretch out that rotation. Um, and make sure they, they have enough grass cover going forward. Um, Salmonella vaccines, they're kind of, if they're not done, it's something farmers kind of need to get onto now and make sure you have that kind of done towards the end of the month. Um, and after that, there's, there's a lot of scanning going on. So um, a lot of farmers would do this. It's great. You kind of have your, your dates for when you're going to be drying off, when you're calving down, and it gives you a good chance to plan out you might. You might have very good empty rates, so you might plan to cull a few cows, whether that's for somatic cell problems, um, maybe lameness, things like that. So it gives you a good um, time to, good chance to, to plan it out. And then after that, you're kind of looking at maybe testing your silage now and seeing what, what's needed for the winter. Um, is, it, is it good enough quality? And then maybe what kind of dry cow minerals you'll be needing. Is it too early for farmers, Susan, to consider, you know, what dry cow minerals they'll be feeding going forward? No, it's actually it's the ideal time now. So if, if, if you can get your um, silage tested, um, if you had any problems last year, I'd really recommend getting your mineral analysis done on it as well. Um, and you could have, you could, you'll be able to know you might have too high potassium um, or you might, be, you might be lacking something like selenium which you'd have a weak calves or slower fertility or reduced fertility even um, next year. So now's the time to be looking at that. If you can get your silage tested, get the results, and then you can plan ahead what, what mineral you actually need to suit your cows. Um, and it's a good time to maybe body condition score them as well to match those silage results. And you mentioned body condition scoring. <coughs> Is this more important for cows that are gone too thin? No, it's actually, you'd be more worried if they were nearly gone over fat. Um, you're kind of looking at them to calve down anywhere from three to three and a half. So you've actually, if, if cows are, are overweight, you're going to have more problems with milk fever, retained cl- clean, cleanings. Um, it'll, it'll, that'll all affect um, calving down. They'll be, you'll have bigger calves, slower calving. So you're reducing milk yield and um, milk quality then going forward for next year um, and you're more likely to get ketosis so it's really important whether they're overweight or underweight to, to kind of even bring them into the crush or even if you walk to walking through the fields and just have a look at them and see is there any that look overweight or underweight and just make a note it might be it might be helpful to maybe get your, your dairy gold ripple will do it with you I was doing with a few lads this week and um, to, to go out with you and do it because if you're looking at the same cows all the time you might notice them you might think they're actually underweight and they're far too too fat so um now is the time to do it just just have a look and see and maybe for the ones that are underweight you need to kind of maybe increase the concentrates there and make sure they're getting the energy and any that are, are over conditioned once they dry off especially you need to be restricting their diet to, to just try and bring down the weight 
And what benefit can farmers get from having a good dry cow mineral programme in place? There's, there's loads of, of benefits. Mm. Um, it's kind of it's something that's overlooked by, by a lot. I'd say they, once there's no major issues around calving or there's no milk fever, they, they think everything's fine. But um, things like even somatic cell count problems or mastitis two or three weeks after calving, um, that can all be linked back to poor dry cow program, mineral program. Um, poor quality colostrum or weak, weak calves it, it can all be linked back to your your, um, your dry cow mineral program and the diet that you put with it so it's really important to reduce your milk fever um, reduce any any embryonic losses or or even losses of calves um, that you get your, your dry cow mineral program right and that you get it in place so that you're feeding it for long enough and that um, the cows are correct calving down in the right body condition score but the right mineral status as well. Susan Casey, Area Sales Manager with Dairy Gold. We previously congratulated Marie McCarthy from Carrigaline on her success in the Brown Bread Baking Competition in association with Aldi, the National Ploughing Association and ICA. It's an opportunity to hear a few words from Marie this week on her success and why she thinks her brown bread outshone all the other entries which were in their hundreds this year, the highest number ever for the competition. Well, I, I guess, yeah, a practice makes perfect. Um, uh, you know, I, I do pack it with lots of seeds, so it's quite a, a, a modern take on a traditional recipe, I guess you could say, um, just because seeds are so um, beneficial to your health. They're the sunflower seeds and pumpkin seeds that yeah. I use. Um, yeah, they're they're a tasty way to the brown bread would be a tasty way of getting those seeds into your diet. They're associated with heart and prostate health and, and, and lots of other health benefits. So, no, it's it's um, oh, listen, it's, this is a dream come true. I, I mean, I didn't realize the magnitude of the competition until I was involved last year, and then this year's interest was just on another scale, um, probably on account of lockdown, as you say, you know. It's a terrific experience and a wonderful opportunity for me. Um, yeah, I, I'm just overwhelmed by it all. It's been a whirlwind week. Um, it certainly has been doing lots of TV and, and radio bits, but being here with yourselves is, is wonderful. Marie McCarthy from Carrigaline, there, our champion brown bread baker. Cork people are being encouraged to visit Quilta Forest for National Walking Day tomorrow Sunday. It's an annual celebration as part of the European Week of Sport, encouraging people to get out walking and benefit their physical and mental health and well-being. Research shows outdoor walking has been important for well-being during the COVID pandemic. Quilta is encouraging people to take some time out of their day and enjoy the local landscape by participating in the National Walking Day tomorrow and visiting one of the Quilta Forests, like Farron Forest Park, or Gugan Barra Forest Park. Thanks to John O'Connor for co-producing and contributing to the Farm Talk programme again this week. I'm Barry O'Mahony, and thank you for listening. Farm Talk with John O'Connor with Dairy Gold Heifer Rear Cube, a trusted partner to help your replacement heifers reach their target weights and meet their full potential. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.